Hello, and welcome to the Parents Plus Podcast, where we help parents become better parents one episode at a time. This is Mandy. And this is Roland, and we're doing uh, our first bonus episode today. Yay! And so just to give you a heads up, bonus episodes are really going to be more for the parents. So if you have kids in the car, you might want to be aware with some of the tougher subject matter that we'll cover in some of these topics. Um, And then also, too, if you've got kids around, you might want to put an earbud in and not have them listen to this because we want to pay for your therapy later or you have to pay for your own therapy later for your kids. So maybe not G-rated. Yeah, maybe not G-rated. All right. I think we'll be okay today, though. (laughs) All right. In today's bonus episode, we're going to address ideas on how you as a parent can support your kids during scary times. And this episode today is one that you're going to want to bookmark because uh, you want to have it handy for when the situation arises. One thing for certain is at some point in your parenting journey, there are going to be scary times that evoke fear, anxiousness, Uh, within your kids and even for us as parents and all of us can recall scary times from our childhood and we all have different responses and how it affected us you know you can think back to uh, JFK's assassination for those of you that might be grandparents out there Operation Desert Storm different wars that have gone on Uh, 9-11 hurricanes since we live in the Houston area and then lots of really tough things that are going on in our world. Uh, Recently, uh, I was visiting in one of the elementary classes here at church and heard one of the elementary teachers asking for prayer. And there was uh, several kids that asked for prayer for the people that were over in the Israel area. So we know our kids do hear things. We know that there's scary times. And so let's kind of talk about some tips that we can help them with. Yeah, so our first one is going to be asking the question, like why do we as parents need to have conversations about scary things? And so let's start with like the lighter ones. Well, why why do we need to have the conversations? Because sometimes they have questions that we need to answer Or they really don't, as kids, they don't really know how to talk through what they're feeling, what's going on, stuff like that. So so starting with like the scary monster stuff, right? So when my son was younger, he watched Monsters University and then was like, okay, well now there's like monsters in my closet kind of stuff. And so our conversation was basically like, what is it? He's like, just, it was super simple. It's like, I want to go to sleep and I want to know that something's not going to come out of the closet. So the answer for you younger parents, if you like Star Wars stuff, we happen to have a lightsaber in our house and I was tired of dealing with this night after night after night. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to just get rid of the monster in the closet. So I grabbed the lightsaber and I just started whacking clothes and different stuff. It was like, <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. I and hope somebody got a video of that, uh, Roland. Nobody got a video of it, but it probably would be gold right now. Uh, but what was so funny is then after that, he was like, oh, they're gone. I'm like, yeah, they're they're not coming back. Like, trust me. So he got out of bed and went to go look. And I'm like, they're not. Trust me. If they come back, they, they really want to get hit with a lightsaber. He's like, no. So then after that, it was a done deal. Talked through it. And it was super simple. I don't want something in my closet. That was the information he was communicating. Any particular reason why? Because I don't want a monster in my closet. And then that was it. So then we had a small group leader a, a while back that was like, hey, we're dealing with the same thing. I told her about the lightsaber thing. 
they eradicated the monster in the closet with the lightsaber, and then she brought it back the next week, and that was it for her. Yay. For her pre-K four kid was like, hey, my four year old is now able to sleep, not worried about it, which was absolutely amazing. We, one of our kids were afraid of monsters under the bed. So we would get a flashlight, look under the bed, and then we had a little book that we read that was about no more monsters under the bed. And that was all that was needed. Right. But when it comes to these tougher subject matters where it's like you start getting into elementary school age, middle school, high school, then we have a few questions that you that you kind of want to think through and it's really encouraging your kids to talk about what they're hearing because what you'll end up having is somebody will hear something at school um somebody will say something and then it's you know then it's okay what do i understand about this subject matter and we need to be clear like when we talk about scary things we tend to think about like major events but for kids and for parents, the scary thing you might not want to talk about is like sex, drugs, rock and roll, right. all that stuff. Because it's like, okay, how do I have that conversation? Mm -hmm. But it goes back to when we have our conversations, we open up those lines of communication. It's really getting to, okay, what are the questions that they may have? So like, for example, like um, asking the question, like, what do you know about what, what happened recently? Have you heard about it? Where did you hear about it from? Who was talking about it? Oh, it was a friend in school at lunch or a kid pulled out their phone or, um, uh, our kids in the past have heard like when it came to uh, a mass shooting situation at a, at a school in Texas, it was like, well, so-and-so's mom was watching it on the news and the kids were there. And so then they came and told us about it. So they, our kids had no idea any of this stuff was happening until they started to hear about it. And that's where we were kind of like, oh, okay, we need to make sure to kind of have a strategy to kind of address this stuff. And it's really having that open dialogue. Right. You know, along with that, if you ask those questions and you initiate that discussion with them, sometimes just them being able to voice it out loud to you, um, that can kind of dissipate you know, some of the really bad things that they might be thinking in their head that really aren't true. Because if they're hearing or seeing just a portion of it, they're going to make their narrative of it. Mm -hmm. And so allowing them to just really express, talk about it. And they say that if kids can at least talk with their parents and get that out in the open and really validate what their feelings are, you know, they're not going to be as afraid anymore right. and they feel safer. Yeah. And so like for us, it was so kind of getting to our second, second part of it is like, what information do they need and at what age? So for example, like for us, it was my kids this year, as they're in middle school, we are now talking about 9-11 more because it came up in one of their textbook stuff and then they, they talked about it at school. But the things that, that they've done is they've read about it, they've talked about it, but they actually haven't seen any footage of it. And that's where for me this year it was like, okay, we're going to sit down. I'm not showing you everything, but I will describe kind of how my day was. And, and the reason why we did that is because I'm looking at they're in middle school. This is the amount of information I know they can handle. But we have to remember, if you have basically kind of in my years of experience, it's been if they're pretty much like kindergarten and under, 
these kids have no idea. And anytime I've heard a kindergartner or a three or four year old say something, it's because mom and dad were watching the news right. when the kids were in the room or they have political conversations or talk about things in the world in front of the kids at dinner. Right. Even if they're not engaged or sitting there physically in front of the room, we know that our kids are sponges. Yep. I mean, they don't have to be looking at us or sitting right there. So we have to be so cautious about, especially with the younger ones, that we just don't have the news just playing in the background or even with your computer open and whatever, you know, search engine you have up there, just the pictures they can see or if they have older siblings and they have phones, we've got to be so cautious because these kids cannot process it. I mean, it's hard for me mm -hmm. to process it as an adult. And so I can't imagine for our younger kids, even high schoolers, you know, yeah, because a kid that small doesn't understand what's going on. But then if you're looking at, okay, what about first through middle school? And then it's like, okay, well, we tend to wait till the kids ask the question and then answer the question and nothing more. That's so important. Yeah. And so it's like they're asking a question and not going overboard with the question. And so it's communicating the information and then keeping that dialogue open. But in some cases, I, I, we've experienced this, not in our family, but with other people at well, another, like at, through school, right? So my daughter had a friend and her, uh, her, and her question was basically like, where do babies come from and how are babies born? And this child was like, I think like second or third grade at the time. And so the parents went way too graphic with way too much information and way too much detail than what the kid asked. When our kids would ask that question around that age, like, hey, how are babies? Well, mom and a dad, they love each other. They get together. And, you know, and at some point as they spend time together, you know, then a child will come along. We weren't getting into anatomy. My daughter did not ask about anatomy or these other things and all this other stuff. Other than naming your own private body parts and stuff like that, that's what our kids understood. But we were not going into A plus B equals child and that's what this parent had done. And so then this child was going into school and then basically telling them all kinds of stuff. And if you're a parent of middle school, you know, elementary school, middle school, these kids will Google all kinds of stuff, but it usually comes from somewhere as they're kind of processing through it. And if you have those open communications at home, it's kind of like, hey, how was your day? Anything we need to talk about? Oh, I had a question about this. Then you answer the question of where they're at. Now, if you have a high school student, I tend to ask more questions. Hey, you know, they're like, hey, I was hearing about this thing. Well, what did you hear? What do you think about that? Was there anything that you were kind of feeling about it? Because you brought it up. Well, I'm kind of confused on this. Okay, well, let's talk about that for a little bit. And you kind of do the same thing with middle schoolers in some elementary school, but it's really meeting them where they're at. And everybody knows their child and the capacity of information. Like if you have a deep feeler, like mm -hmm. I was even thinking about this last night, yeah. I have one that is very compassionate. So anything that has to deal with hurting children is going to be devastating. So this Israel Hamas thing is was really tough because she was like, okay, I heard that a bunch of children were injured by or killed by this other group because of what somebody had said at school. Right. And so my thing was, is like, I'm going to answer the question at the level that she's at. Yes, that is true. The news is still trying to figure out. And I believe the governments are still trying to figure out to what extent. 
So what can we be doing? Well, we could be praying for them. Okay, well, let's do that. And so that's that way it kind of takes the pressure off. And then it's like, okay, then a few days pass and it's like, okay, well, we have a question like, how did this thing happen? And I found a news clip because I am not opening up the entire internet and cable news networks to our children. So then it was, hey, I found a news clip. And all it said were the timeline of the things that happened. They entered this area here. They did this area here. They were not showing any graphic videos, any of those things. And the same thing when we had the 9-11 conversation. The, the most graphic thing they saw was a plane when it hit the building. And then it showed like kind of what happened from the angle of the person that was recording it. And then we paused it there and was like, okay, so imagine this is what's going on. They're like, oh my gosh, that's the reason why for some people it's a very sad day. That right. makes sense when we talk about it at school and some of our teachers look like they're kind of hurt or sad. I'm like, mm -hmm. because it's a day that everybody that experienced that day remembers where they were. I think it's so critical that we as parents, not only the ages of them really do age appropriate exposure but like you said, ask the questions first and don't give more information than what they really need. The other thing that you hit on was know your child, mm -hmm. know their limits. You know, we can only shelter them for so long right. and you really don't want to totally shelter them because then it's a shelter shock at some point in time and they're not prepared. But through these conversations, that's going to help them nav navigate through life as they go through these different ages and stages and phases. But you talked about if your child is very emotional or they have, you know, really mercy on other people and a lot of compassion or like for you, children are a really big deal uh, to them. If someone was to hurt a child or say something ugly to a child, keep those emotional pieces you know, in place of you knowing the limits of your child. So make sure you don't expose them too much or too little and just take it kind of baby steps at a time. Yeah, because it's like for some people, you might have a child that's like the investigator, like they're wanting to dig into stuff. Yes, and yeah. That's the one for me. That's like the the kid you really want to make sure you have lines of communication open. You always want it with all your children, but that one is... If I don't get the answer from, from I mean, I'm not feeling like I'm getting the real answer, from mom and dad. then they're uh -huh. going to go to anybody and everybody else. And the yeah. thing is, is what we're trying to establish is in scary times, I know I'm going to go talk to my parents. They're going to give me the facts. And that's really the third thing we're getting into is we're listening. So our third point is we're listening and we communicate just the facts. Because then for that child or for any of our kids, then it's not like, oh, I feel like they're holding back something. I feel like that they're not really communicating with me the truth versus you've established credibility over time on, hey, we're going to communicate what you need to know. And there's some things you don't need to know. And what I've told my kids has been like, there's some things I'm not going to tell you now, but when you get older, we'll talk about them. So when they were learning about World War II in elementary school, I'm like, there's some, like, I've met World War II guy, vets you know, back whenever I was younger and some of them wanted to talk about what their experiences were and some of them didn't. And the ones that did, I'm like, you're not ready for those conversations yet. You're not ready to watch any of those movies. You're not ready to watch any of that footage yet. But at some point, 
we've gone through books, like history books, and kind of read through, like, okay, there's a battle of such and such and such and such. But now when it's their world and they're experiencing this stuff and now you have technology involved with it, it's not that we're trying to isolate them from everything, right. but we have to remember <laughs> the scary thing in these scary times in some cases is the fact that there's so much information, they don't even know how to navigate through it. So what we're trying to do as parents is provide buffers and boundaries of just like, hey, we're trying to like be a filtration system of let's just communicate the facts at the age that you're at or the age that they're at, and then we're just going to give them the truth of the fact for the question that they asked. And then we can ask, hey, do you have any other questions? And sometimes they'll say no. And that's where you say, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and you take a deep breath. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we've given you some great tips here, but we found some really good resources that are way beyond what we've even talked about here in this podcast. So make sure you go to our webpage at gateway.cc backslash parents plus, and that is spelled out parents plus and look on that resource section and you're going to find some really good articles there that can even dig a little bit deeper and help you more specific with uh, how to deal with these scary times. So thank you guys so much for joining us today on this bonus episode. And if you know of anyone who might find this podcast useful, please share it. God bless you and God bless your family.